Hi, all of you wonderful scuba divers out there. Welcome to the Scuba Diver Magazine podcast. Uh, this week, oh, this week has just disappeared. Uh, I swear, I just blinked my eyes on Monday and now it's the end of the week. Um, but there have been a few news stories that have caught my attention. A, a British free diver has broken a 15-year national record, which is pretty cool. A, a Chinese salvage vessel has been found with scrap metal related to a World War II shipwreck on board, uh, which is rather naughty. A, um, a diver had their head in the jaws of a crocodile and lived to tell the tale, which is pretty incredible. Uh, there's a new underwater sculpture dive site that's due to open next week, I think on the 8th, and a diver managed to recover their phone five months after dropping it during a dive, and it still works. I imagine it needed a charge, but it's still working, so that's kudos on the... Um on the phone case manufacturer. So the first news story is that freediver Ruth Osborne has set a British depth record that had stood unchallenged for nearly 16 years. Um, so her dive was down to 82 meters in the free immersion discipline. Free immersion is basically you're only wearing a uh, like a, a wetsuit. I think she had some neck weights on as well, but no fins or anything. But free immersion, you can pull yourself up and down the rope. And she broke the previous national record by one meter. Uh, that was set in 2007 by Sarah Campbell. And um, this was at the uh, freediving world in, um, uh, in Sharm el-Sheikh on the 18th of May. Her dive time was 2 minutes and 53 seconds. Uh, her dive was the second deepest ever carried out in competition by a British woman. And it had taken place in a lot of swell. They, they weren't perfect conditions. Uh, there was a lot of swell and a little bit of current as well, which makes it a bit more challenging, she told Divernet. Um, previously a surfer, Osborne took up freediving in 2015 and then became an instructor in 2018, really caught the, uh, the freediving bug, uh, but started competing only late in 2020. A year later, she was representing the United Kingdom at the Ada World Championships and she said, I've been in serious training for the CNF, uh, which is constant weight without fins, and the FIM, which is free immersion, um, national record since November 2021. One, uh, she says that her her preferred discipline is actually no fins. Although uh, this is a quote, although I now love free immersion equally, sometimes more when no fins isn't going well. Uh, she's based in Leeds. But in the summertime, she hangs out in Ibiza, uh, where she does fitness training in and around work. And for the rest of the winter time, back in Leeds, uh, her depth training has all been done in uh, in Egypt. Sorry, not Leeds. Asked if she could go any deeper in free immersion, Osman replied, "Absolutely. My aim is to be the first British woman to do a hundred meters in competition. Uh, this I will do in FIM." So she's now focusing on the Ada World Championships in September, and quoted said that she hopes to break the CNF record and take the FIM record deeper in Cyprus. So congratulations and uh, and good luck to uh, to Ruth on her future competitions. Next news story is there's been quite a lot of rumours about salvage ships uh, basically salvaging World War II shipwrecks, which is a 
big no-no. And these rumours have been floating around. And finally, the uh, the Malaysian Maritime Enforcement Agency has boarded what is thought to be the wanted Chinese grab dreasures, the Chung Hong 6-8. And whilst on board, they found scrap metal and ammunition suspected to be related to the illegal salvage of the World War II Force Z warships, HMS Prince of Wales, and possibly HMS Repulse. So, this ship is crewed by 21 Chinese, 10 Bangladeshi, and a Malaysian national, and the vessel has, for now, been detained on grounds of anchoring without permission. Uh, It's being investigated by Maritime Malaysia, which is their version of the Coast Guard, the Royal Malaysian Police, the Maritime Department, and the National Heritage Department, uh, according to Maritime Malaysia. It was a tip-off from a local diving professional that alerted Malaysian authorities to the activities of the Chang Hong 68, which is a vessel long associated with illicit salvaging of World War II shipwrecks in the South China Sea. Um, From what I understand, grab dredgers are, they kind of had this crane off the back or off the side and it just delves down and it's kind of like a claw machine it just grabs onto whatever it can and then rips it out so not particularly nice for any shipwreck uh, let alone something a, a shipwreck that people died on the british ships which lie at maximum depths of more than 60 meters off malaysia's east coast are designated war graves um on board 842 men died when the um uh, when the battle cruiser the repulse and the um the 35,000 ton battleship the prince of wales were sunk by the japanese torpedo bombers uh, on the 10th of december 1941 and the royal navy described the sinking of the two vessels coming days after the attack on pearl harbor as one of the worst disasters in british naval history uh, the loss shocked the nation and at that time, forced the Navy to reevaluate how they'd fought for centuries. Um, the warships are very prominent among a number that have been targeted by looters in the region over the previous decade. Uh, Wargrave status, of course, is no deterrent when the objective is to obtain valuable ships steel um, smelted before 1942, uh, which is the year radioactive isotopes emitted during atomic bomb testing began contaminating the alloy so ever since yeah 1942 when they were testing atomic bombs um this untainted metal has suddenly shot up in value uh so of course a lot of it's just down there and it's very tempting for people who don't really um mind skirting the uh the the law and doing illegal salvage um yeah, if they can attain it, they're going to give it a go. But it was a local scuba diver called Haz Zane uh, who told the New Straits Times that after the dredger had warned off a fishing boat, its crew had informed a boat operator that shared photographs of the ship with her. She then alerted the British High Command and Malaysian authorities. Uh, Zane had dived the shipwrecks before the COVID pandemic and in 2017 had met the Prince of Wales, who's now King Charles, to update him about their condition she said that he had appeared upset after seeing her video and stills of the ransacked shipwrecks which appeared to show destruction levels as high as 70 percent and on the 19th of may this year the royal malaysian police raided a scrapyard in um 
or Kota Tingi, um, after staff had posted a video on TikTok showing a dredger transporting a gun, apparently taken from one of the British shipwrecks. Uh, at the site, the police found two British 5.25-inch anti-aircraft guns, live ammunition, an anchor, and sections of hull plate. Uh, the shells were later destroyed in a controlled explosion. So this is just a thing that everyone knows happens it's just we need to be a bit more tough on it so calls are again being made for britain's ministry of defense to come up with a more effective approach to the problem of illegal wreck uh, salvage overseas the director general of the national museum of the royal navy dominic tweddle uh, said that we're distressed and concerned at the apparent vandalism for profit uh, of hms prince of wales and hms S repulse they are designated war graves we're upset at the loss of naval heritage and the impact this has had on understanding of our royal navy history what we need is a management strategy for the underwater naval heritage so that we can better protect or commemorate these ships that may include targeted retrieval of objects we want the royal navy to develop a policy we can help deliver if resourced correctly the existing Royal Navy loss list can be enhanced to be a vital tool to begin to understand, research and manage over 5,000 wrecks before they're lost forever. And that's the hard part, because what are the Royal Navy going to do? They're just going to have a ship just anchored off each of these shipwrecks, just looking out for anyone who might just sneak in and try and grab a bit of scrap metal. Uh, it's it's a huge undertaking. Uh, so I don't know how they're going to do it, but something does kind of need to be done uh, because obviously the deterrent isn't enough of a deterrent at the moment uh, because they're, they're still just going in and grabbing whatever they can. On to some different news um, with a kind of happy ending. So a diver who was enjoying an after-lunch snorkeling session with his wife and friends at a remote location off northeastern Australia has had an incredibly lucky escape. After a saltwater crocodile came up behind him, wrapped its jaws around his head, and he luckily managed to escape. So this was Marcus McGowan, who shared his experience from hospital whilst being treated for injuries sustained in the attack. He'd been snorkeling in clear water from a boat anchored at the Sir Charles Hardy Islands, which is about 40 kilometers off Queensland's Cape York Peninsula on the 27th of May. And quoted, he said, whilst checking out some coral and fish and talking to a fellow snorkeler, I was attacked from behind by a saltwater crocodile, which got its jaws around my head. I, I'm still quoting this, uh, I thought it was a shark, but when I reached up, I realized it was a crocodile. I was able to lever its jaws open just far enough to get my head out, which is incredible because that's one thing about crocodiles. They, their jaws, they're very easy to hold closed. That's why you often see them and like Steve Irwin type characters, uh, they just use some like electrical tape to just hold their mouths closed. They can't open them very hard but they can certainly clamp down very hard so being able to lever um, his head out is incredible um, the crocodile then attempted to attack McGowan a second time but he says he managed to push it away with his right hand which the reptile promptly bit um, that sucks uh, quoted he said I was able to escape the crocodile's grip once again and swim to the safety of the boat which was coming after they heard our screams for help uh, just a, a nuts story. 
He suspects that it was a maybe two to three meter long juvenile, although it all happened so quickly. Of course, your, your mind's not on like trying to gauge how big it is when it's got hold of your head or your hand. Luckily, one of the people aboard the boat uh, was a, uh, a fireman with first aid training, obviously, uh, who bandaged his injuries and uh, administered antibiotic shots to uh, to prevent infection because they were like a forty five minute boat journey to uh, to get back to um, uh, back to safety. An emergency helicopter took McGowan onto a hospital on Thursday Island for treatment, and after further assessment, was taken to Cairns for further treatment for scalp lacerations and puncture wounds to his head and hands. Uh, McGowan does not blame the crocodile for the attack. Um, he says, I live on the Gold Coast, and I'm a keen surfer and a diver, and understand that when you enter the marine environment, you are entering territory that belongs to potentially dangerous animals such as sharks and crocodiles. Uh, I was simply in the wrong place at the wrong time. I'm just grateful it was me and not one of the kids or the ladies in the groups. Uh, Queensland's Park and Wildlife Services was investigating the incidents. Um, yeah, incredible story and uh, I'm very lucky to uh, to get out of that situation. Staying in Australia, a new series of eight large-scale skull Sculptures by British underwater sculptor Jason DeCare Taylor has been installed in the Museum of Underwater Art that he created on Australia's Great Barrier Reef. Um, so this new installation is set to be officially unveiled on World Ocean Day, which is the 8th of June. That's next Thursday, I believe. Um, most of these ocean sentinels, they're called, uh, represent scientists whose studies in the field of marine science and conservation have influenced the understanding of reef ecology. They're all sculpted in a hybrid form, um, and the sentinels synthesize the human figures with natural marine elements that reflect each individual's area of expertise, previewing the way in which marine life colonizes all his underwater installations over time. So it kind of starts off the the body or the torso of this one in particular, then just turns into kind of tentacle-like um structures underneath um some of them are more like clamshells uh, so but yeah it's just something else to um uh, to check out this is the third edition to um um, uh, to this art installation and this is the third edition to the uh, to the underwater um, art installation and it's designed to reflect the great barrier reef's history connections with marine science institutions and to link to indigenous cultures and traditions um as well as just improving um uh, like tourism and diving to the area because it's not just diving to see the great barrier reef you're going to see the great barrier reef as well as these underwater sculptures and they're going to change over time as do all of his uh, his works they um as as marine life starts to uh, establish itself and grow on it then yeah the um uh, the art installation changes this new story was sent to us by the diver i believe and they they basically lost their not just their underwater camera, but their underwater phone as well. And then five months later, 
it was recovered and they actually managed to get it back to the original diver through some very Sherlock Holmes uh, investigations. Um, so, yeah, I think this diver actually wrote into us. So this is their like account. And they, they say, my momentary disbelief was quickly replaced with horror as I watched the bright red of my Sea Life Sport Diver phone case descending below my fins, clearly not secured, clipped, um, clearly not securely clipped despite our Bruce Willis ruins all films buddy checks. Uh, just a brief turn to signal the dive master, but the red case was no longer visible as I turned back, sinking on my body weight, hoping we'd meet it at the bottom but no such luck. Uh, the ocean floor around Coco Corner Maldives dive site dropped away quickly, so I guessed it was somewhere below 40 metres. So this diver um, had their iPhone 13, I believe is the model, in a Sea Life Sport Diver phone case. Um, it had a, a tray and an arm and I think a, a, a video light on it as well. And yeah, either like on entry or during the dive, they... They mishandled it. It ended up just sinking and they couldn't find it again, which sucks on a whole bunch of levels because not only have they lost their underwater camera and the housing and all that kind of stuff, they've lost their phone, uh, which is just essential nowadays to, uh, to most people. But they, they kind of wrote it off, didn't think too much of it. Um, they said that they loved the vacuum seal and the leak alarm on the sea life, um, so they didn't have to worry about floodings and all that. And um, and previously, they'd lost photos of um, of things underwater due to uh, due to flooding, so they thought this would be a, a great uh, like replacement. But, um, yeah, they, uh, they lost it. Luckily, a few months later... A, um, a dive guide was cruising to a location frequented by leopard sharks around 30 meters in the area when they spotted the phone case. It was down at 41.3 meters. Um, so they uh, so they grabbed it up, brought it back up to the surface, kind of managed to open it up eventually. And the phone inside was still pristine. Uh, the battery was flat. Of course, it's an iPhone, um, but yeah, it's like five months later. Uh, but they they charged it back up, and it woke up. So they're like, fantastic! They put out on uh, on Facebook, "Hey, we found this phone um, on the lock screen. It had uh, it had two people on it." So so they took a photo, they uploaded it to Facebook, and said, "Hey, we found this phone. Does anyone know who these two people are or whose phone it is?" Nothing really. Um, uh, nothing concrete came back, but the daughter managed to, um, or, or the, I think it was the daughter of the dive guide, uh, managed to, uh, the, they were looking at the photo and they kind of looked at the, the two people and what they were wearing. And they kind of said, hey, if you look at the wording on the man's t-shirt, it says Nautilus Scuba Club Cairns 2020-2021 let's try contacting them uh so they contacted the uh, the dive club dive club contacted the uh, the actual divers and they managed to uh, to get the phone back to them so it's an incredible story and uh, and something that i think every diver hopes uh, when they drop things i know of two cases of um of people losing um underwater cameras the first one that always springs to mind was this must have been early days back when um 
like 360 videos were just starting to um to like become a concept and i don't know whether it was an official gopro mount or whatever it was but it was basically six gopros all facing opposite directions on the end of a selfie stick and it was a diver in a cage um trying to get 360 footage of a um uh, of a great white shark only the great white shark just swims past like nudges the um uh, the gopros and breaks the mount and then these six gopros just twiddle down to the murky depths which of course you're not going to get out of the cage to uh, to go and retrieve uh, the other one was when i was diving on the thistlegorm quite high current on this dive and i'm on the the safety stop diver ahead of me has finished her safety stop so she goes up to the uh, to the back of the boat to get out when she um, she unclips her camera goes to hand it to one of the crew members and one of them fumbles it it ends up in the water and myself and my buddy just watch this camera just sinking diagonally because of the current um off down to the um uh, down to the depths and i'm i'm not willing to uh, to fight that current trying to uh, trying to find that uh, that camera um but hats off to the crew after everyone was back on board after the dive one of them strapped on a, a BCD, a pair of fins and a mask, uh, jumped in the water, I presume just followed the current down and did find it a good like 10, 15 minutes later. So uh, so yeah, hats off to them. But oh, yeah, just make sure everything is securely clipped off and uh, and never trust it. Always, um, always hold on to it. Make sure that whoever you're passing it to has a good grip of it before you let go. Um, there's also a new healthcare survey out there um which i've already taken part on um it's it's quick it'll only take it was only about 10 minutes if that um so this is the ddrc healthcare they've had a project called health of divers um to just survey divers in a whole range of health aspects from drugs and alcohol to cancer and weight um now they're looking at healthy lungs um so i'll put a link in the description um wherever you're listening to this that you can uh, sort of click on it's uh it's completely anonymous they the most personal thing that they ask is your um uh, your date of birth um and of course yeah a few things about your um, uh, your lungs but yeah this study is focusing on things like uh smoking it asks a few questions about smoking and vaping at the uh, the beginning asthma uh, immersion pulmonary edema ipos and uh, and covid19 yeah it's multiple choice and yeah you just tick off the list and uh, and sort of run through it but yeah because vaping has been in the news a great deal recently due to teenage use of uh, vaping um of course they want to see how many scuba divers um are, are vaping and whether it affects your um uh, your breathing underwater so if you're interested uh yeah check it out um and the final thing that caught my eye is that if you visit apex's uh website which is uh uk.apexdiving.com and i think the us version as well there's a new bcd sneakily up there uh it's called the exotech s and it's basically a jacket version of the Exotech. So, um, I, oh no, the Black Ice was a a, a Wingstar as well. Uh, but 
yeah, Exotech. If you don't know the the Exotech, it's like the uh, the Black Ice. If you don't know the Black Ice, it's Exotech is basically a like a recreational backplate and wing kind of. So there's a an aluminium backplate. And one of the nice things about it is that the hip section is hinged, so it twists and rotates. Um, so that's very unique and was very comfortable when I was wearing the uh, the, the standard Exotech. The new Exotech S also has lobes around the uh, the waist. It still has integrated weights. It's got the um, uh, it's got pockets as well. Uh, it's got extra. Uh, like sleeves, I suppose is the best way to put it, where you can slot your pressure gauges and on the other side your um, uh, your octo. And um, yeah, it's got the the funky like orange detailing to it. So all the D rings, the back plate, and the uh, the pulls and things on the weight pockets, they're all anodized bright orange. Uh, which is very apex color nowadays, that black and orange colorways. Uh, they'll probably do it in the traditional like gunmetal gray as well, uh, if you're not into flashy orange. Um, but yeah, that kind of snuck in. It's, it's one of those things, I'm not sure if they know it's on the website because I haven't seen them advertise it anywhere or kind of flash it around. Um, I'm wondering if they're just building the other uh, webpage and I just happen to stumble across it. Um, but hey, I was just having a look through their website, and uh, and I was just flicking through BCDs, and it was down there at the bottom. So um, yeah, and it was new to me. It says delivers maximum comfort and freedom of movement with a BioReact articulating waist system. That was that pivoting waist that I was talking about a little bit earlier. Uh, enables perfect fit with height adjustable backplate, adjustable weight and shoulders, so similar to the Exotech. Uh, reduces BCD movement both on the surface and underwater. Yeah, because it has this, um, they call it grip tech fabric, that it's, it's kind of rubbery. So it like holds it in position. Some BCDs they they either use like a, a mesh, which is fine, but the it kind of moves around on your shoulders, especially if it's uh, the BCD doesn't fit you perfectly. Um, but with this grip tech, it like holds onto you a bit like the uh, the Scuba Pro um, Hydros BCD. Um, never lose weights again. Sherlock One mechanical weight release system. Um, Provides maximum stability underwater with wraparound style bladder to improve trim and reduce drag. Improves energy efficiency through better streamlining with large folded side pockets that can be expanded only when needed. Uh, reduces the risk of bacterial growth combined with increased uh, abrasion resistance and faster drying. We're seeing this a lot with this uh, Armour Guard slick skin, the uh, the outer material it's um it's not like nylon mesh anymore it's um it's this slick plasticky material so uh, so nothing can permeate and like soak into it so as soon as you get out it's completely dry which means it's nice and clean it also dries so it's much faster to throw it in the back of the car um but yeah um looks looks smart if you uh, if you prefer jacket style bcds uh but you want something a, almost a bit more technical with like a back plate um yeah exotech s i don't really know what the s stands for no um 
But yeah, that'll start popping up on dive center shelves any day now, I imagine. Uh, otherwise, that's about it. Um, I've been busy trying to catch up with Ask Marks because, gosh, there are a lot of questions um, that I still need to uh, to attend to. Um, I even before the other uh, two weeks off, there were uh, there were a fair amount of uh, of questions. But yeah, there's there's still and they're they're all questions that I've never been asked before, which is pretty cool. Uh, there, there are obviously some that I have been asked before, but it's not like the same question again and again and again they are sensible smart questions um and um and yeah just just getting to them all making sure that i do type out an answer and um and then yeah actually film a video and then edit it it, it takes a bit of time but I'm, I'm getting to it i promise you um if it has been a while i uh, i do apologize i um yeah i, I was away and i've got to um uh, like catch up on things i have finished what i believe is the final draft of the um uh my account of my commercial diving um trip so um so hopefully that will be in the next issue of the scuba diver magazine uh, i'll turn it into a video as soon as possible just want to make sure that that uh, that article is green lit um but yeah it's um it's been a busy busy week and yeah, I swear, you know, I, I turn around. It was, it was only Christmas the other day, and now it's June. Um, but hey, anyway, um, that's it for the podcast. Um, if there's any other news stories, I'll uh, I'll do what I can to uh, to cover them. Um, remember to like, share, subscribe, do all the good social media stuff. Check out our website, scubadivermag.com. Um, check out Scuba Pro as well, who uh, who sponsored the uh, the podcast. Um, yeah, thanks for listening, everybody, and of course, safe diving.